Welcome to the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs, bringing you from zero to 60 in the non-fungible token world without breaking the bank. With your hosts, Andrew, aka Rantum, and George from Mostly Stable on Zed Run, who will help you navigate new projects, interview expert guests, and explore NFT trends. So whether you're on your first or 50th NFT, we're going to have something for you. And as a quick note, we are not, I repeat, not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Alrighty, disclaimer over, let's get to it. Today on All About Affordable NFTs, we're talking about what the difference is between Web3 and Web2 applications. It sounds pretty obvious, but there's some nuance and some important differences that'll be fun to tease out. Also, a quick thanks to our Discord for letting me know that I accidentally uploaded a blank episode, just dead air. So appreciate that. And again, I um, know someone is listening. <laughs> I thought it was maybe a little test and, you know, this is good. People, somebody did check and, and got back, back to us. So yeah. You passed the test, listeners. Thank you. Or congratulations, it's I should good. say. It's good to know that we're not just uh, talking to each other. Although I'd, I'd probably just do it because it forces me to do research and pay attention and kind of put things out there. Uh, so what's going on in the news, Andrew? Yeah, we've had some, I thought some big news dropping recently. So the rumored other side launch coming from Yuga Labs, which is Yuga's land minting. So there's a hundred thousand plots. They've released some more details about this. Previously, there had been uh, some details uh, leaked from a uh, pitch deck, but some more details confirmed now. So this sale will happen on our, let's see, by the time we're listening to this, let's see. I think this may have just happened. Am I right, George? Well, we go, this will be, they'll be listening to this on Friday. Okay. I'm sorry. This is, this is coming up on Saturday the 30th. So it depends when you listen to this, but it is on April 30th and it's a uh, yeah, hundred thousand lands going to be priced in a, uh, there's no specific amount announced yet, but it is a Dutch auction. There's rumors that it may start around one ETH worth, although I've heard two or three ETH worth of ape token. So uh, we've seen the price of ape climbing recently. I think it's up near 18 or so last I checked, and I think it will have a big impact on the, on the NFT market as a whole, you know, it's, it's one interesting part to this is that you to be on the whitelist for this, you must have filled out a, or completed a KYC, a, a know your customer application. And this was something that wasn't clarified when they released that. There were a lot of rumors that maybe holding other projects such as, uh, world of women and cryptodes and some of these other projects that were shown in their other side video that those might give whitelist opportunities, but instead it's actually for people who figure or filled out the KYC form successfully. It seems that they are really trying to limit this to one per person, you know, much harder to, to fake a, a person when they've got to go through a KYC process. And for KYC, just to be clear, that also means that they are obliged to report on any tax information or. Yeah, it's, it's unclear what. It's unclear how they're doing that because one interesting thing here is that if you're a board ape member or board ape holder or a mutant ape holder, you don't have to do the KYC uh, process. So you don't have to go through this thing. So I'm not sure that it's going to be 
necessarily reported, but, you know, they will have that information. And, you know, we've seen uh, countless situations in both, you know, web two and web three, as we're getting to of plenty of hacks and data leaks. So, you know, there is some concern and, you know, some, some pushback from a lot of people in the NFT community that prioritize more of the, the decentralized, maybe anonymous way that a lot of people are, or a lot of collections are able to allow uh, people to, to get involved. I feel like there's a future episode where we talk about the like pro con KYC ethos versus like, let's just be honest, this is a $5 billion company operating in large part in the United States with people that should be maybe paying taxes on massive gains, given that board apes, you know, like, I mean, not saying that they aren't by any means, but I, I could imagine a legislative body looking at a $5 billion value company with that type of lens. Interesting. Are you going to be, you need to line it up for the late brand or what? What are you thinking? No, you know, I don't, I did not go through that KYC process. So I'm not on that white list. I do have some ape token and you know, I think that that still could climb a little higher. There is, there's a lot of excitement and, you know, it's hard to, hard for people to, to really bet against Yuga at this point. They have, they have yet to miss on any of their mints and well, it seems like a lot of land and I'm not, uh, and I'd, I'd be hesitant, even if I were on the wait list, I'm not ready to bet against them. Yeah. I will, I'll, I'll be sitting this one out. I, as I said on discord, I, I missed the Yuga train and I try not to jump on trains that have left the station because there's one leaving every month, it seems, but I, I agree with that summary. Speaking of. This was a big one. They, they had their Instagram account hacked and there were. They, someone uh, released an announcement that they had started the other side mint early and what's like, how much was taken here? $3 million. And this is like, this is all it took a couple quick posts on Instagram to trick people into a fake site, hook them and rip them. Uh, that's, that's it, right? Like the, the costs of social media security, speaking of web two has, uh, has a different level at this point because of the quick access to uh, capital hidden in wallets, locked in wallets, easily accessed once you sign a contract. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's many, many NFT projects doing much on Instagram. So I would be at this point, be wary of any links there, um, especially things that seem a little too good to be true. But, you know, it's hard because that is the, the, the culture that we're breeding to, to jump and then ask questions, right? And, and it can be difficult at times. You have 10 minutes. To sign this thing. Oh, you missed it. Oh, too bad. Oh, you have, if you see this tweet, you have to act now. Okay. Now, like, what's to say that that Twitter account, like it's not even just Instagram, what's to say that Twitter account is hacked or the Discord? I'm actually um, in, in the land of uh, Pegaxi. I really respect the team because one of the things they do is, I think every other month or so, they literally post in their announcements channel something designed to like fake hack or white hat hack their audience. So recently they're coming out with this like download for a, for racing the actual peg on your mobile app. So it's like a mobile app download and they just created a spoof site and then they just announced it. And then they come back and said like, if you went to this, you were just hacked by us. You weren't hacked. You could be never follow links that don't make sense. <laughs> Pay attention, right? Like they did that. We end up with us back of bones or something, right? We've seen that way back. <laughs> oh boy. The bones. Yeah. Right. But I think there, I think that it's something that I think some of these projects should start sort of steel manning, should white hat hack themselves, should 
really protect their audience in a, in a deeper way. And, and I think overall, it might even lead to, to deeper trust and a smarter community because we are still in the beginning of new people learning what it means to run around with a, with a hot wallet on the internet. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got another big, a big money story here after a big mint. And I don't know, you want to walk us through this one, George? So the title coming out of crypto briefing is days after $66 million NFT drop Moonbirds executive unveils a fund. And I guess that's like a nice way of framing it in a different yeah, way. I mean, it is a factual thing of what has happened here. Not much opinion there. So, so this is, this is right. Yeah, Ryan the COO of the proof collective who, and they just had the, the mega successful Moonbirds drop went up to close to 40. I think it's now a floor of about 28 or something last I looked, but yeah, and we talked about it a bit, how much money they brought in right away, you know, over 15 million, just in secondary royalty fees. And that, that was after, as this, as we mentioned here, $66 million drop. Oh boy. I have to say we were hanging out and talking unrecorded, believe it or not, we speak to each other unrecorded. And I have to hand it to you, Andrew. You literally told me this. You literally said, look at the history of both of these guys. Well, they have incredible, you know, knocking out of the park home runs. They also start and stop and start and stop things. They're serial entrepreneurs doing a lot of things. And you kind of like question the long-term conviction of them. And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. As like a risk factor when we were talking about you know, should we jump in at an absurd price when, when it had launched? I just can't believe how quickly that sort of premonition came true as Ryan Carson is now moving on to launch his NFT focused fund called 121 gigawatts. Not a bad nod to back to the future, not a bad nod, but <laughs> like immediately leave as like, there is a reason it saw two power players working together on a project, part of the perceived value that, that you know his name was involved with it. Now it's still Kevin Rose. It's still awesome. It's still a very strong yeah, project, but to be fair, I think more people were interested in Kevin Rose than, than Ryan or, Carson. More people were, were aware of Kevin Rose's past than, uh, than, than Ryan Carson's. He's been kind of put into the spotlight by Kevin Rose and by this, the, the success of the proof project, I would say it's still, you know, it, it's still just, it's not great to see a team split up that quickly to see someone, I mean, the fun sounds like it's very going to be doing very similar things to what proof and, and to what Moonbirds is already promising. So, you know, it's, it's also a competitor in that sense. And, you know, it, it's, it's, I don't know, I think it, it, he said that there were already 80 people in, interested, but there were, uh, it's also required 25 uh, ETH for four consecutive quarters. So that's a hundred ETH, you know, this is, you know, that that's huge, even compared to the floor of the Moonbirds, you know, and, you know, not a great look at the very least. Not great timing. You know, it was also interesting that he had put a quote or a, a tweet out asking for someone to put together a one-page website for him about seven hours before he announced this fund. I'm impressed he was able to get it done that quickly, but generally speaking, not, I wouldn't say that's a whole lot of forethought <laughs> to launching that uh, project. So I'm sure there was a little bit more going on behind the scenes, but I don't know. I it's, it's, uh, we'll see what happens to Moonbirds here. It's, it's definitely a going to be a challenge for them at the, in the short term. Yeah. I feel like I'm, as we talk, I just have other themes I would love to talk about. Like the, they just spin off of this. The number of people that were already like quasi calling Moonbirds a blue chip anything. You're like, we got to redefine that. So I'm going to parking lot what blue chip actually means, how it's being misfreaking used and how it definitely shouldn't be applied 
to something that has been live for seven days. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think price is often uh, too, too much correlated with what makes a blue chip collect. I'm writing it down right now. That's a good one, George. We'll come back to that. All right. Let's move on to our affordable project. Though, while you write that down, I've got one there this week. And, you know, it's one that I wish I had recommended a couple of days ago because it has the price has moved a bit on it. But this is Rug Radio. This is a Genesis NFT there. I believe the floor is sitting a little above 0.3. It's been hovering around a bit. It had been down under point under 0.25 a couple of days ago. So picked up a bit although it's still down a lot from where it once was. So Rug Radio is a, a decentralized media company, essentially, that is producing very NFTs, but actually it's mostly NFTs focused content. They do a lot of Twitter spaces and various topics, have various hosts that do different shows and let the users produce the content. You can get these Genesis NFTs and then they have a membership NFT, a different collection. Of course, the Genesis is, is the higher priced one and it yields a rug token each day that you hold it. There are various levels in there. So you get different amounts If you, I can't remember the exact amount, but once you get enough of the rug token, you can exchange it for a rug DAO token. So I'm a member of that DAO. They do have some big names that are involved with this. Keith, Keith Grossman from Time Magazine is, he has a number of hold the number of them and is also on uh, their, I can't remember what they call it, the council there. Uh, a few other the, the big NFT collectors and investors are involved in the project as well. I I listen to one of the shows almost every uh, weekday and I think that they so are, are live shows, right? You can't listen to it. As- exactly. That's, that's a, that is a not great right now. They do have plans <laughs> to change that. So they want, they are, they, they, they are. Changing that around, I don't know exactly how they are going to do it, if they're going to do a podcast or what they're going to do, but they're going to have more recordings because the Twitter spaces, it's, it's not great for listening to a recording. They do record some of them, but it's still a pain. You can't even set, you have to set like a reminder for each one. It's not great. They still get a lot of people listening to it. They're showing up daily and there's a lot of people showing up daily doing the work. And I think that they are going to continue to do that. And I think they'll be able to to grow the listenership over time by making it a lot easier to act. At least I hope so, because if they can't do that, then Twitter space, well, who knows? Maybe Twitter space improves. There is that possibility. There's yeah, you know, tweet, right? tweet at Elon Musk and he'll handle it. He's the, yeah, I, I'm sure he'll get it. Features. He'll yeah. And if you have anything to, you know, get a problem with your Tesla, same thing. Yes. Yeah, just tweet him. Oh, tweet, yeah, tweet a thread. He'll, he'll, he'll get right on it. <laughs> so full disclosure, do you have any of these? I do. I have one of these and yeah, that's it right now. I am still looking to maybe pick up another price. Definitely moved a little faster than I anticipated. You know, it feels like that's been happening to me on some of these projects recently, but that's a good thing. I'd say if you're. Yeah. It looks like there are uh, standard scarce, scarce one, rare two, rare one. So there's places. I have no clue what these things mean. The arts cool. It looks like a rug with images on it. It's, uh, it's unique. I will also say I actually own rug radio pass, the membership pass. I picked up one of those for fun. I was like, yeah, why not? Uh, okay. Price on that is 0.059 as I'm talking about it now. I'd say that is another affordable option here to look at. I don't know if we uh, count that as the same project or not, but I think it's worth looking at both these and I wouldn't jump immediately necessarily. 
you know, look for a good one. So the, some of the differences in the scarce and, and rare attributes there, they will, they will yield different or the, the more rare ones will yield more, um, of the rug tokens each day. So there is that, if you think that you will be holding these longer, you know, a, a, you know, getting more 10, 20% more per day would be worth it. But you know, that's the biggest difference I believe, other than the rarity itself. So it's kind of funny. I picked up the, the membership pass cause I was going to potentially fill out a info for submitting our podcast, like as a feed to syndicate there. And then I was like, oh no, we're not doing this live. And I was like, oh, I just want to syndicate episodes. We'll do a different intro outro. Would you be up for that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, if, if you're listening in the future on Rug Radio, here's, here's where it happened. All right. So I'll, I'll put that on the list, but I, I'm not a live person. I just want to talk about what I want to talk about. All right. Should we move on to our topic? So the topic Web3 versus Web2, just to set the stage, Web2, we're essentially talking about the macro social layer of the internet. Web1 was the like, hey, let's put up a bunch of brochures so they can be accessed online that map over IP addresses and that whole like initial web. And then we get the social layer of the web is at least how I kind of looked at web two as a, as a macro idea. And then web three is the property layer applied to all things on the interweb with essentially the blockchain running to oversimplify it in, in the background, as opposed to the social layer. So when we talk about apps, applications, like it is any and all things that you're interacting with through that kind of web interface. And that's kind of where I'd sort of start. The main high level, if I can climb up to the ceiling, is like social layer versus property layer. Where do you take yeah, it? I think that's a good way of putting it. You know, I've always thought of web two as basically giving users the option to to interact in some way. You know, it gave users the option to comment, to to post, to, to do all these things. And before that, as you said, it was mostly reading brochures. And you know, I think now we've got that property level and you know, maybe another aspect to it is the potential to earn in this in this, you know, as we've talked about it in kind of the metaverse as opposed to just earning online in a digital fashion. I think this is a different thing you're earning from in a, a digital economy that's that is more natively digital digital than just something that has been sort of ported over from from maybe shopping in the real world to shopping online. You know, that's a much uh, more web two sort of usage of the of the web, I think, or of the internet. Although, you know, because the shopping is basically the user interacting with it in some way, but it's never, you know, you're not owning anything digital. You're not, you're not really uh, caring about digital property in any way there. Yeah. You have a note in here, a big difference being centralization, usually cited as a, a crucial differentiator, which is like, it kind of makes me smile a little bit because I would say for the majority of Web3 applications, they aspire toward decentralization. It's Absolutely. certainly in their roadmap, but make no homes at all. They aren't there yet. That's not to say that they're not going there in any direction. Whereas Web 2 is inextricably locked and linked to a centralized governing board of X, a CEO that owns this, a founder that owns this many shares, a public market, you name it. But, you know, you can follow the money, so to speak, back to a deciding body like a Mark Zuckerberg or now an Elon Musk who's going to own Twitter. Yeah, I, well, I think maybe this is used too much as a differentiator and it's, I, I think it may be a separate 
issue because, you know, if you look at something like, I mean, you'd certainly say email is, I don't know, it's maybe, it's a protocol, but it's, it's nobody owns this and it's this, you know, this is certainly decentralized and it's not web three at all. It's a very old idea. And I don't think anyone would even would, would ever call it web three. And it's still certainly more decentralized than almost anything that we have in web three, maybe even more so than, than Ethereum itself. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's more ways to, to always email to access email than, than I think even run on the, run the Ethereum network. So, you know, there's most of the companies that you said that we're, you know, using in this web three world are centralized. They're using their private servers. There's a lot of off-chain transactions that are happening. They're private to an app or, or that network. I mean, you know, the biggest, the biggest marketplace in NFTs is OpenSea by a long shot. And that is a private company based in New York. You know, that they, they abide by us laws. They are a very centralized company. And, you know, at the same time, they allow you to come and bring your wallet there and bring all your assets there. And you don't have to fill out any account registration form to be able to just use the platform itself. You can come bring all your property there, use all of their services and not have to have purchased anything on, you don't have to purchase them from OpenSea itself. You could have purchased, you could have purchased them from, from known origin, from a websites, from an artist website. You could, you know, you could have created it yourself somewhere else and still use the same with the same marketplace there. And I think that's a real, that's a real differentiator to me is that you can take your assets and move them somewhere else and have the, have them accessible on that. It's huge. I mean, there's two pieces there and I'll just start with that first one, which is the, the right to your assets, right? GDPR, the, the largest, I'd say data privacy regulations rolled out predominantly through the EU, but having ripple effects does have a clause that lets you legally demand from a company like Facebook to export or write to your data, export your data. Now you can go on and do that and fill out the form and you're going to get the dumbest, shittiest little XML dump of your stuff that is just wildly unusable. Same thing for Google. Where are you taking that in that proprietarily coded, you know, setup? just freaking nowhere. Now juxtapose that with me jumping from OpenSea over to looks rare. It's instant. There you go. Here are all your NFTs. That's what we see. There you go. Done. Because it's associated with my wallet in a unique way. They are forced to render it to the universal standard versus the universal standard or the local, I'd say, standard of data architecture and what have you being owned by that centralized or more of that authority. So that is the difference. However, there's a lot of similarities here too when you're talking about Oh, well, email is open, except Gmail has like, you know, X percent of the market. Search is open, except, you know, Google has 80% of the market. When you have these gatekeepers, which look a lot like Web2 companies, by the way, sometimes, it ends up going right back to some of those Web2 elements, I think. Yeah, there's certainly some of those elements that, that come through here. I don't know. And, you know, I think a big part of this is there's not as clear a distinction as everyone's maybe making it out to be. Most of these companies are going to be a blend of web two, web three. We certainly aren't anywhere close to having a completely decentralized ability to access the internet. You know, there's ISPs or internet service providers are, are very centralized and, you know, we've got, that's certainly an issue. And, and we've seen that, you know, you can get 
that your access can just be cut off. So, you know, I think, we've, you know, we're nowhere close to to fully decentralized internet. You're always going to have to use centralized technology of some sort to access these things. And until there's more, I don't see how Web3 could go completely decentralized. You know, we've got, I don't know, we've got a very, we've talked about how a few, you know, just a few key players can really bring down almost everything. You know, there was a Infura API outage just recently and saw uh, gas get down to, I think it was about 12 Gwei at the time. So, you know, it's, uh, you see how just nothing happens when, when this Infura API goes down because almost everything in Web3 relies upon that. MetaMask included, most, uh, most NFT APIs have it in some way. So, it, you know, we are, I mean, in some ways, maybe we're even more centralized at this point because there are, there's so few apps and so few choices of what to use compared to Web2, which really has spawned, you know, a number of options and, and redundancies in the technologies that are used every day. Yeah. I mean, you can look at the Apache bug that happened not too long ago where, you know, we, we are all built on like layers and layers and layers, stacks of, you know, code APIs that, that run in the background. A big one that I'd say as far as a difference, and this may seem weird, but it's like a, more of this like point of entry and authentication where I, in my mind, see Web3 apps using the wallet as the authentication. You sign something to, you know, sort of then render however they're going to view your assets in their ecosystem. Either look at your permissions for something or show you what you have access to, to merge or race in my case, <laughs> uh, a lot of your, a lot of your assets versus web two, which is, you know, login, you know, you sort of standard user password or social authentication, Google authentication type of pieces that like login and verify via social pieces. But the funny thing is where it's like, well, wait a minute, almost like every single web three project uses discord, by the way. Okay, so that's like very much dependent on Web2 social, but a platform that literally hates its NFT users so much that it reverted the ability for something as basic as a functional check on whether or not you're holding a certain type of NFT. And so not there yet, right? No, definitely not there yet. I don't know. You know, I think it's hard to get there. I'm not sure if that is, if it's, you know, just a, a dream that everything can really be fully decentralized. I think it's great to have options and the option to bring your assets to another app when, or when, and if you need to, and hopefully that it's, it's not, they're viable options. It's not just, well, you can take it like you can export your data from Facebook. You can take this in and actually use it somewhere else. I would say that's the most exciting piece. The idea of the property layer being at the individual, at the individual contract layer that I know that I have a wallet address with these assets in it that I can hold and protect and move. Albeit they only are rendered, right? Like I can only race my horses at Z. <laughs> There's nobody else being like, and take your ponies out for a trot here. I'm like, oh, don't mind. So, you know. That may and can change. There are many projects looking at what that transportability can look like and how you can partner with these assets and play with them together. And it's still very new, but it'll, it'll be, it'll be very interesting. You know, it's like, what would it have looked like in the early days of, you know, the video game world, if you could have brought Mario into battle, your Sonic the Hedgehog and we'll get to, we'll get to find that out. Maybe. All right. We'll see. All right, Andrew, good topic, good theme. I think we did it. Affordable project, some news, 
a little banter, and maybe maybe we'll include the audio on this episode. Maybe not. Maybe we'll test you. All right. Well, good talking. This has been an episode of the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs. The episode notes and resources may be found at 3ANFT.com in our show notes. Again, 3ANFT.com. And that reminder, don't bet what you can't afford to lose. Remember, we are not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Thanks for joining us. I hope you learned something.